Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm your host, Lori Barkman, founder of Small.Big. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself a business transition Sherpa. My mission is guiding entrepreneurs on ways to build value in your business and then benefit by letting it go. On this show, we spotlight the theme of transitions, not only to reward you for your hard work, but also to ensure that you look back on your succession without regret. Catch all the episodes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to visit SuccessionStories.com to sign up for our newsletter. Here's to your success. Nelson Anderson is the president of Full Sail Media in Baltimore. 16 years ago, he bought a small printing franchise from his father-in-law. And for 10 years, he did it all, from sales to operations and more. At one point, Nelson had 25 direct reports. With the helpful guidance of trusted advisors, Nelson built a team and processes that enabled him to step back. A hard thing to do, but it has enabled their growth through acquisition. He talked about how these strategic acquisitions fit within their organization as tuck-ins. This approach has helped Full Sail Media grow from a small $400,000 print shop to a multifaceted marketing company that's over $8 million in revenue. If you want to make your business more attractive to a potential buyer, make sure to listen to Nelson's suggestions for what you should start doing today. Nelson Anderson, welcome to Succession Stories. You and I have been waiting for months for this conversation, so I'm really excited. We met last December, which seems like eons ago, and so much has happened. So I'm excited to talk to you not only about your background as a business owner and someone who's made some changes in his business over the years, but someone who's also started to acquire companies. And I think your journey is going to be really relevant and interesting for business owners who have been contemplating either getting sold or buying businesses to tuck in for their growth. So welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Laurie. I appreciate it. Uh, you're Glad welcome. we could finally catch <laughs> up. Yeah. Me too. Me too. You've been very busy. It's all it's all good stuff, and I'm sure we'll cover it today. So let's talk about you first. Just give us sure. a little bit of background about you and, and what you do. Sure, sure. So a little bit of background about me. So I started by buying a Minuteman press from my father-in-law. So it was a uh, it was a small shop, about four people. And over time, we grew and grew and grew. We've been doing this for 16 years now. And we've probably purchased about five companies over that time in different segments that have allowed us to grow in strategic areas and ones that haven't been so good, but <laughs> we can talk about that. And now we're, uh, we went from four people to uh, now we're about 50 and we have several different segments to our business. And uh, with an overarching company called Full Sail Media is a, a marketing umbrella, sales umbrella, but then having the output of printing, direct mail, wide format, and uh, in these marketing services. And we should add that you are in the Baltimore area. Yeah, down here in Baltimore, just south of Baltimore, looking to move into Baltimore proper here soon. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you and I had chatted about that. I got married in Baltimore, so I have a big affinity for the city. It's a great town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Old Bay and Burgers Cookies. So. <laughs> so let's talk about Minuteman Press. You bought the yeah. franchise from your father-in-law, and that began your journey. What was that like? Were you 
kind sure. of doing this on your own, bootstrapping it and, and working 70 it. hour weeks and <laughs> coming yeah. up late for dinner. You nailed it. So I was in IT sales of all things prior to that. I was just a baby. I was 23 years old. And my father-in-law came up with a discounted purchase price to sell it to me for. I mortgaged my house and he held the rest of the note. My wife, she worked for her father. So we worked together. I had no, no clue on print. I just knew how to sell and then quickly learned about business. I didn't go to college. I went to uh, a Christian school in Annapolis. So it was like a college prep, but I did not do well, right? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't so, your thing. <laughs> it wasn't my thing. It wasn't my thing. I wanted to work. So we got started and I'll never forget those, those first few months and trying to learn how to read a P&L and, uh, and realizing how is this going to work? I was used to making pretty good money selling IT. And I realized quickly that it's all about market share and taking care of customers and getting them to come back. So yeah. I'll fast forward to about 10 years into the journey. You know, we, we had constant growth for about 10 years. And, and it was really, we went from $400,000 in sales when I bought the company. And probably 10 years ago, we were $3 million, maybe $4 million in sales and revenue. And that's really where things broke down for me, you know, uh, you know, broke down I, how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you know, you're used to doing everything and having your finger on the pulse. And then it gets to a point where there's too many jobs, there's too many things, there's too many employees um, that you just can't do it all yourself. And as much as I thought I was Superman and the hero, and I like to play that part, right? That's, that's fulfilling is that the only way for me to scale and to continue to grow and build a business that is sustainable without me and that services the customer really well. I mean, that's at our heart. Our heart is that we want a customer experience that is, that is above all others and that the customer wins, right? So that's, that's part of our, our mission and our core values is customer success. I needed to develop the right people around me. And so, you know, we started hiring people. I say we, it was me and I'm a terrible hirer, like an interviewer. <laughs> if I like the person, I would hire them. So there no was- No matter what skills they have. Right, matter. right, right. I like, I like you, you're cool. You're I can cool. have a beer with you. <laughs> so, you know, I had to do some learning and I never really had anybody speaking. Like I didn't have a mentor, I didn't have a business mentor. So, uh, you know, I went on the search then after some failed hires and, you know, people not working out. So I, I got two people that I was able to lean on. So one was, it was a Christian CEO group that I started to go to. It was called, it's now called CXP, Ken Gosnell. I'll drop his name because he's a sweetheart of a guy. He just moved down to Florida, but he was he was instrumental in helping me through not, you know, all the, all the stuff going on in your head, right. As, right. as uh, the lone guy at the top. And then also just, you know, how to, how to deal with the interpersonal part of the executive team. And then I also uh, reached out to printing and graphics association, mid Atlantic who connected me with a print specific consultant. So he was out of Indianapolis and I'll never forget this, Laurie. I was like, you know, I've had some false starts with consultants. So uh, meaning like, you know, you think they want to do well for you and they, they talk to you about what they can do for you and it just doesn't work out. And it really comes down to, you know, do you guys jive and, and have they, do they have that experience of doing just what you need? 
have they done it before? So I'll never forget. I flew out to Indianapolis for a day. Like, and this guy's like, who's, who's flying out to meet me for a day? So he, he called the, the main guy that set the whole thing up that recommended him. And uh, he's like, this, this, who is this guy? <laughs> so we kicked off, had a great lunch, ended up talking for four hours until I had to get back on the plane and come back. And that was probably about five years ago. And he's still my consultant. He comes on our leadership retreats. We talk every week and he's just been an in- instrumental part of our growth and my personal development as, a, as an owner. That's fantastic. So let's, let's rewind just a little bit, because I think this trajectory that you talked about, it took about 10 years to, let's call it 10x the business, right? You started yeah. out around 400,000 in revenue, got to about 4 million. And then you said, wow, I'm hitting a wall. And when you said everybody was reporting to you, you probably had part-time employees, but then did you also have full-time employees? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At that time, we probably were in the uh, 25 employee range at that revenue level, maybe a few more. So yeah. if you had an org chart, because you're a printing company, you could print really wide, <laughs> really long org chart. Yeah, <laughs> Very with flat. me and then everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you, have the printing, and you have the printing for that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, we long. could print it. It just didn't make sense. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. So you started to hire some wrong people. Then you started to find some right people. Yeah. Who was a really key hire for you? What were you looking for in what I call a 2IC, a second in command? Did you end okay. up finding that person? Yeah, so I ended up finding that person about three years ago, and and I I will say that we we've had others in place, and they were the right person for the right time in growth. And if I had to do it all over again, I had a great guy that I hired that that helped me with production. Right, he was the production guy, I was the sales guy, and we had a great yin yang. the The issue was he didn't have experience at a larger company, so through the through the period that I had him there until, you know, like five, six million, he was, he was great. He was the perfect person for this position until that point to develop processes and implement processes. So it was very uncomfortable just because of, you know, not speaking directly and talking about these things early on in the stage. And he brought tremendous value to the business, but the position that was held, which was my number two, my, 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 my right hand, right. It, he hit a ceiling and, uh, and we ended up parting ways, still talk today, still friends, but I, I ended up for this level we are at right now. I hired a, um, uh, like an operations officer that had print experience for 30 plus years at a much larger company. And he has been just great for our continued growth. He's been through acquisitions and, and tuck-ins and been up and been down. So yeah. uh, when we experienced COVID, you know, he's, he's experienced times like that in business. So he's just a, a gold mine when we went, when we went through this and, and helped me walk through, through that time. All right. So take me back a little bit too. So you're still growing. You're realizing you can't do it all. We call this the owner's trap where you know the customers, yeah. you, especially when, when you, the owner, are in charge of sales and very involved in the sales process. And then everybody's sort of bouncing back to you so that we, we call that the owner's trap. So you've realized yeah. that you realize you didn't want to be in that trap and you were looking yeah. for a way out. You surrounded yourself with some smart people who could balance out your skill set in operations and other areas. Yeah. And, and were these then the boon years or did you hit another challenge before you started to uh, acquire companies? 
what got you to that point where you said, you know, where we are headed now is not where I want to be. I want to change my strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, uh, and that, that's really two separate conversations around acquiring companies and, you know, really building the the management team, you know, so the Jeff, uh, my operations officer right now, uh, it was a great addition to the team and he's my right hand guy. However, we have my sister, Susan, who came to work for me about seven years ago and, you know, has grown, right? She started as uh, doing accounting work and customer service. And now she's in charge of our um, management system uh, and does, you know, it's, uh, it, we would be lost without her. Then the other person on my management team is uh, my controller, Ian. And so, you know, as, as a small business owner, right, it was like letting go of these things. I would do the QuickBooks and pay people and uh, run and get checks and, you know, write up orders and then just peeling off these little, these little pieces to people that you can trust. And Ian has been a friend of mine for 20 years, right? And, uh, and so the person that's handling your money, you got to be able to trust. Right. <laughs> so uh, that, that was how that relationship came about. So, and that doesn't come without its struggles. You know, he's a friend. And so it's really difficult to have, you know, hard conversations with him. But he has your best, he has my best interests in mind and the company's best interests in mind. And so when you, when you keep that at the forefront, you, you never lose your track, right? You never lose your way uh, because we, we care about each other. Right. But your sister's in the company. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was it was just supposed to be come help me out, right? Okay, come help me out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, know how that that, goes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we sucked her in. So it, it's just been the gal Friday that does everything that's needed, uh, a Swiss army knife, if you will, and has uh, grown uh, personally developed. And uh, she had didn't have a, a print background or anything along those lines and just has uh, has done a wonderful job here. That's fantastic. So yeah, let's go then to talk about your approach to acquiring companies. What type of deals do you look for? And how do you integrate these businesses? Great question. Um, so I, our first uh, acquisition, so it's always been uh, kind of a strategy of ours, even before, you know, just a growth strategy is, is hey, we need market share. Uh, but not only market share, it was, how can we serve the customer? What are they asking for? I've never grown the business because I want to do X. Um, I didn't want to get into the printing business, right? So to speak, you know, I wasn't like, Ooh, printing sexy. I want to do that. (laughs) Right. It was, I I want to be of service to the customer. I want to help people. And so we allowed the customer to dictate where we grow. And so the first acquisition that we did was actually a, a small mailing company that we had done work with. Like, so if we were printing it, we would take it to, to them to mail it. And they would mail it for us. So I think it was like in 2008 that we did that. They, they had hit on some hard times. And it was just, you know, the relationship was there, right? So, um, and I think that is the common thread throughout all of these. The one that's have worked um, and the ones that necessarily haven't worked is it was, uh, it added value to the customer. And then also we were in sync, meaning the owner and I, we had the same principles. Uh, we had the same, we, we got along, right? And we managed businesses the same way, managed people's relationships the same way. And so that's really important when it comes to retaining the employees and getting them into the culture. It just takes a long time in order to make sure that this is going to fit right. So uh, anytime we've done an acquisition, it's 
uh, I like to call it 51st dates, right? Uh, it is it is like going right back to dating, although I didn't really do that. I, I, I married my high school sweetheart. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I can imagine this is how. Yeah, you can imagine right? that it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, it's finding deeply out about, uh, about these people, what makes them tick, and, uh, and just getting to know them and, and becoming friends with them. Yeah, there's a lot of small businesses that were struggling around the 2008, 2009, and even today. Do you find that that's the main reason for their wanting to sell the owners, or is it because they don't have any, you know, they don't have family in the business and they're looking for a succession option? Mm-hmm. Are you finding it's kind of a mix of, of both? Yeah. So uh, I would say that uh, that's really been the only time that that has happened where it was uh, it was a downturn um, and they just wanted out. But he had another business that he was active in. So this was a side business and he, you know, he wanted to go off and and, and work the other business that was being successful for him and producing the most cash and get rid of this distraction. Um, and it rolled. It, it was just the perfect fit. We needed it. We were doing it. We were his biggest customer. Uh, so it made sense. And I would say the other ones are what you just said. It was, uh, they're, they're done. They're ready. They, they've done this. They, they've handled customers. They've done the AP, the AR. Uh, they're tired of writing orders. They're tired of managing people. It's exhausting. Uh, it's also the most rewarding. Um, so uh, that's what we have found as we've done the other, um, the other acquisitions um, is is it's it's they want an off ramp um and some want to stay and some just want to be gone um the the most recent uh acquisition that we just did was at direct again was a direct uh mailer um that uh we have we have known over the years have done work for they bring another level of expertise to our direct mail um and really are on the forefront and the strategy around direct mail and also produce it. Um, so, and uh, uh, Judy and Tisdale is uh, the owner of AT Direct and now she has uh, come to work for me. Uh, she's, she's here, we retained 100% of the employees when we did that because uh, we were stretched at the time. So it was uh, a great addition. We needed, we found great employees that have been with her for 18, 20 years in her 30 year journey. Um, and, uh, and so I'm just so excited to have her here. Uh, she's excited to focus on being with customers and talking direct mail strategy, and then integrating all the other services that we have to offer. Cause we're a, we're a full commercial shop and we also can add, uh, we also have our digital marketing company, uh, Full Sail Media, that uh, that we can add to direct mail, which just like 4x results for, for our customers. That's really powerful. So let's talk about the process of acquiring a company. Did you use an intermediary, an M&A advisor, or a broker to help you in these negotiations? How did you know how to value the business and what to offer the business owner? That is a great question. <laughs> so I've relied heavily on, uh, I have, I have three people. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's really important that you, that you are connected with people that you trust, uh, that can walk you through it and every deal is different. Um, you know, there's, uh, they look the same from, from a, a 10,000 foot view, but they're all different and all owners want something a little bit different. Um, and I would say that the common thread for all owners is, 
they want number one, their employees taken care of over themselves. And number two, they want their customers taken care of over themselves. Um, and it's not the money's always third. So they want to know how are their, are their employees going to be taken care of and how is this going to be for their customers that they've worked their butts off for, you know, in this case, 30 years to take care of and retain that business. So, um, we used, uh, I used, like I said, three people. My print consultant is number one, uh, my lawyer, number two, um, and number three is my accountant. So uh, I, I will get uh, a conference call with the three of them and we will, we will look at this uh, and brainstorm how we can achieve what the, what the seller wants and how it works into us and all the pickups that we have. Every... Uh, all of the, all of the uh, acquisitions that we've done have been tuck-ins, meaning um, you know an earn-out tuck-in situation um, where it might be some money up front, uh, a certain amount paid over time based on sales, um, and in some cases the owner stays on for a period of time, um, and some cases they they go away and they want to go away. <laughs> so, how many acquisitions have you done now over the last few years? So I think it's been about five. Uh, it's been about five acquisitions um, and ranging in, you know, direct mail, other printers, uh, print brokers. Um, and uh, we still have the majority of the employees uh, from those acquisitions. So. And so when you value these businesses, are you doing it as a multiple of their pre-tax profits? Correct. Yeah. So we take EBITDA and it's usually a multiple of EBITDA. Um, and, uh, and then there's, there's other factors that will uh, detract or add to. Uh, and so we look at growth as a, as an addition, like, so we might, if, if a lot of times the baseline is four X EBITDA, right. Um, and so if they're on a growth track, um, if, uh, if they have low customer saturation, um, then, you know, we, it might go to four and a half or five. Uh, but we've also been in a situation where, you know, the top two customers are 60% of the, of the sales. So that can definitely be a detractor. Um, other things, uh, that can be detractors is what, what type of, uh, what type of liabilities are we inheriting? So uh, some companies just want to get out from under their lease payments uh, of equipment uh, and also uh, lease locations. Uh, so, you know, we're looking at a deal right now where they just signed a, a commercial lease for their building for five more years. And he's, he kind of wants out, but the, the, the pickup for me is to not have to pay a lease payment. So uh, it's, it's a really, uh, it's a dance that have to go through. It's a give and a take and finding what's going to work. So how are you spending your time now? Are you starting to put your feet up on the desk and kind of take <laughs> a step back and looking at everything? Or are you still very much in the business? Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I could never do that. Uh, if I'm not working 50, 60 hours a week, I'm, uh, I'll get in trouble. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the focus has been around acquisitions. So, um, we kicked off a campaign, uh, probably about, um, eight months ago, uh, where we did, uh, a direct mail piece, uh, from our, uh, from my print consultant. Uh, so it's just, 
you know, anybody that we might be interested in, we'll send a forum letter from my consultant to these businesses that, hey, if they're interested in selling, just start a conversation, right? So he's the intermediary where they're calling him and they don't divulge who we are and he's having a one-to-one -one conversation with them and just seeing if it's a good fit. And if it's not a good fit, then we won't, we won't move to the next level. And a good fit is, hey, is it fitting within our current organization? Uh, what's the business type? Um, is, is, is it in addition to what we do? Is it exactly what we do? Um, and there's some areas we don't want to get into, right? Uh, so, you know, it's, it, that's been a great setup. Uh, we've, we've created a lot of activity and, uh, and has been our, our latest deal uh, was from that. And we also have two to three more that we're in, in uh, conversations with. And I think the, the, the story is that, you know, we're better together, right? I mean, there's so many businesses out there that uh, might be struggling or, uh, or just, you know, it's just not, it's not a, the right fit, right? They're, they love what they do. And that's what we found in printing was uh, uh, about 15, 20 years ago, there was a lot of people that got into printing because they were printers. They loved printing. Um, and what I hope to allow for some of these, um, some of these owners to do is do what they love. Um, and Hey, if you love to print, print, you know, and allow us to run the business, uh, in conjunction with you. Um, and if you love to sell, let's get you in a sales seat, uh, and do what's, what's best that the, the highest and best use of your time. Right. Yeah, so I like how you approach it where you're reaching, you have a process from a strategic acquisition standpoint, you're looking out in the market, you're doing some some reach outs that are kind of cold calls, right? To say, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're interested in the conversation. And then it's almost like its own marketing process, its own funnel process, mm -hmm. where eventually they'll have a conversation with you, but there's someone sort of pre-qualifying yeah. to make sure that there is a fit. And just size-wise and revenue-wise, are these these are I'm assuming kind of micro market under you know maybe under five million in revenue businesses. Exactly right. So and that's what we find is uh, you know we're we're coming back from COVID, but we're about an eight million dollar company right uh, as we sit right now. And what we find is that million dollar mark is like the perfect size for us to absorb to tuck in. Uh, it's usually uh, two to eight people uh, and employee size, depending on what kind of business it is. Um, and that's, that's what works for us right now. As we grow, that might change, but right now that's what we're looking at. We're, you know, we'll look at a company as small as 500,000 and up to 3 million. Um, but to get my arms around uh, a $3 million company is going to look a lot different and be a lot more exhausting than a million yeah. dollar company. Yeah. Have you ever had any situations where you walked away from a deal where you were starting that dance and as you said, you're 50, you know, 50 first dates where you're kind of in date 25 and you think everything's going well and then all of a sudden you're like, mm, I don't like how they hold their fork, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it would never be how they hold their fork. I can get past mm -hmm. that, but um, that's that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, there, there are, there are times we've had these conversations and just find that it's, it's just not a good fit. Um, and what I have found is, um, you know, from a, from a commercial print perspective is, uh, you know, depending on where we are in production and size, 
it might not be the right thing for me just to add more commercial print. Um, it's adding other services that are going to, uh, that are going to uh, enhance our offering. So, um, you know, we had, a, we had just one coming up. I've been talking to this gentleman for probably a, a year and a half almost. And, uh, and just finally, just, it just wasn't, it wasn't clicking. We're uh, love him to death and we've been a resource for each other. Um, it's just, uh, you know, he's very involved in exactly the same type of work, uh, but with customers that we don't necessarily have experience with, um, institutional government, um, and it would be a culture shift for us to service that customer well. Uh, and we, as a, as a management team, just realized, hey, this is, this is probably not the best thing for us. Uh, we would have to alter uh, too much of who we are in order to service this customer somewhere well. Uh, so we had to walk away. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's okay. We, we, we want the best thing. Uh, and we don't want to put a burden, you know, cause this is straight, this is straining on existing employees. Uh, cause they're now picking up people that they have to train, right. They have to show them the way, show them the rope, show them the process. So in, in some way, uh, we, we have to talk about what's in it for them, you know, and what does growth mean, for the employee. And, uh, and I take them through the journey of, you know, <laughs> of where we came from and where we are now, because, you know, as we hire new people, they don't know that, you know, I cleaned the toilets when we first started <laughs> and we didn't have 401k and we didn't have uh, paid benefits. Um, and we didn't have uh, great parties in the summer, crab feasts and, 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 uh, and Christmas parties. So, you know, it's really evolved. Um, and, uh, and what's in it for them is better pay, better hours, um, you know, a work-life balance, uh, being a part of a growing organism that's rewarding. So, you know, growth means a lot for the employee and being a part of that, I think is something special. That's an incredible um, trajectory, 8 billion now kind of with all the companies together and growing because you're still looking actively. So let's shift to kind of actionable thoughts. If someone's listening and they're a business owner and they're saying, hmm, I want to make my business more attractive to a potential to a potential buyer. Yeah. What are three things that they should start doing today? Oh, get their finances in order. Get with the accountant and make sure that it's clear. Uh, they're not messy. Um, I, that's that's number one. I would say number two, uh, I, I'm talking about from a P&L standpoint, and then clean up the balance sheet. Um, if there's stuff, uh, sometimes companies can can get lackadaisical, especially over time with their balance sheet, um, and, and just make it very clear. Uh, and uh, have have all of that together. So that's, that's two, right? Is that one or two? I don't know. <laughs> well, one would be get finances in order. <laughs> two? Yeah. Clean up balance sheet. I guess that yeah. could go along, but you know what? You can add as many as you'd like. It's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, is, is understand their customer base. Um, so, and what I'll, what, what I'll say to this is, uh, Operator owners, uh, if you will, uh, don't, uh, you know, they, they don't have that, that finger on the pulse of the customer and, uh, and knowing, you know, who's at the top um, and what, 
what that sales looks like, what that customer looks like, um, and what the relationship is. So understanding that and being able to talk about the top 10 customers uh, and where they've been and where they're going, um, I think is really important to me or to somebody that's looking to acquire that business, right? Is uh, that, that's, that's your, your lifeblood uh, is that customer relationship. So understanding that and being able to talk in, in detail about it and not necessarily sharing names, but knowing what industry they are, where they've come from, how they've grown with you and, and, and knowing, you know, Hey, are they, are they in good financial shape? Are they going to go out of business tomorrow? <laughs> That's really important. Yeah. So it's about minimizing how you perceive them in terms of risk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, th those are a lot of the things that we talk about. Uh, and, and then just employees is having, you know, a recent review done, understanding what people do. Believe it or not, there's a, a lot of owners that don't really know what some of their employees do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, having that, 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 that data to, uh, to collect um, is, is super important. Okay, that's awesome. That's super helpful. Yeah. And if someone is listening and they get an unsolicited letter from you or anyone else, what what do you hope that they do with it? You know, if they're interested, call. If they're not interested, tell them. <laughs> you know, and uh, and just respond either way uh, to either take it off the list or uh, or hey, you know, let's just let's just talk. If if anything, you know, what I've I've developed relationships with people that have. Uh, we've started this conversation and things have changed for them for the positive and they're not interested in selling anymore. And, uh, and one company that we actually met with is, uh, I hope that I would be a resource, you know, our, uh, going back to our mission is, you know, we want to be a resource to anybody that we come in contact with. Um, so if, if at the very least we have a conversation, um, about, that situation that they're in, whether they're looking to sell or not really, this is the first time they thought about it and maybe they just want to have a, a conversation about it is, you know, it might be something different. Um, it might be, Hey, they need a, a number two that's going to come alongside of them and help them get to the next level. And that's really what they're missing. Um, and that happened to uh, a, an acquisition. It was a younger gentleman. Um, and he, you know, he wanted he, he wanted to do something different, right? He was kind of tired of what he was doing, uh, wanted to move, wanted to be with family. And, uh, and he had a great business. It was profitable. Uh, it ran itself. He needed a number two. He needed somebody to run it and he could just walk away and he would have made a lot more money doing that than selling it. So. Yeah. Now winding down here, two last questions for you. One is if you have a favorite quote that you'd like to share about leadership or entrepreneurship? Yeah, sure, sure. I'll, uh, I'll, it's, it's, it's not necessarily about leadership. It's, it's, it's who we are foundationally. Uh, and I'll caveat that at the end. And it's definitely an Aristotle quote. Uh, my wife had put that on uh, all of our printed material when we first got in business. And it's, uh, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Um, and I always, I always put at the end of that is, but when we do screw up <laughs> and we're not so excellent, it's how you handle, it's how, it's how you handle that is what makes the difference and makes who you are. Yeah. Acknowledging how to make it better. Acknowledging the fix. Yeah. That's powerful for a lot of people. Yeah. Nelson, if people want to find you, what's the best way to reach out? Yeah, sure. Uh, Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N at fullsale.media. That's uh, the best email address. You can also find me on LinkedIn. 
Awesome. Well, Nelson, thanks so much for sharing your stories about your growth as a as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, mm -hmm. and also sharing some words of advice for companies that might want to get acquired someday. I think that there's great lessons learned here. So appreciate your time. Laurie, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, the potential net proceeds of a transaction, and your financial needs after you leave the business, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand these numbers, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Take the next step by requesting an initial meeting to begin planning for your business transition and strategic exit today. Request a call with me by visiting smalldotbig.com. That's smalldotbig.com. I look forward to speaking with you.